0: Log Talk Radio. So, as always, broadcast live on blogtalkradio.com, and there's a podcast on iTunes for your enjoyment whenever you would like. Lots to dive into today, going to talk about Husker football fall camp. We're going to have a moment of silence towards the end of the show for uh, Sam Folds. If you probably haven't heard by now, you probably should, because if you haven't, you've been living under a car crash, while Sam Folds to try to car accident at the end of the um, July. The team's been battling through that a little bit. I think it will become a sense of motivation. Huskers will wear a special decal on their helmet and will leave his locker untouched and uh, ready to be dressed out as if he were still there and still part of the team. We'll start diving into over This It's always a fun topic for those who kind of are into the gambling scene, not so much to put money down, but it's interesting to go out there and What Vegas has pegged out for over-unders. We'll focus specifically on the West Division. Talk about Nebraska, Iowa, all the rest of the teams in the division. And then I'll give you some of my own personal take, whether I think they can actually make it over or under, depending on their uh, win total. And we'll take a look at the top 25 for both the coaches in the AP poll. AP poll top twenty-five team out today. Really interesting. We'll go into teams in the Big Ten, teams Nebraska will play this year. Where Nebraska actually fell in both of them. Know, FYI, they're unranked on the start of the 2016 football season. But I see some teams on those on both those lists. I think are far too high with the question marks they have. I and mean, there's some teams out there I think are far too low. We'll dive into that and we'll talk a little bit about that as well towards the end of the show. And with that, we say good to have you with us. This this is the Scouts Now Show. Fall camp's well underway. Guys getting nicked and bruised up a little bit. Really one major injury um, to talk about. Gerald Foster, the offensive guard, probably projected starter this year at the offensive line position. Not going to play this year. Tours NCL over the weekend in practice. He is out. Uh, Surgery appears pretty likely. Um, Original reports was that they thought maybe he'd be able to come back in maybe five to six weeks. Turns out the damage is a little bit more extensive. It's probably best to have some strong surgery on that, get him healthy, and he'll obviously be back next year for another year of eligibility. Blow for Nebraska is a blow for that offensive line. That is having to replace now four starters instead of just three, really hoping that that won't be maybe a big issue, but it's it, there's no there's no question about college football these days. Look at the best teams out there. They have really good lines. defensive line, offensive line. And what Nebraska is probably going to have to do this year is probably score and score a lot of points till that defense can show it really has the talent and the depth to really compete and give themselves a chance in pretty much every game that they play. We're not really sure what that defense will look like, especially that pass defense that was so bad, ranked fifth to dead last, last year, 122 out of 127 last year. That's pretty bad. Nebraska gave up way too many yards passing last year and essentially led about every team in the games they lost and lost close. Every single one of those teams had a huge passing play against Nebraska that turned out to be pretty detrimental in the long run. BTN was at Nebraska's football practice on Thursday this last week. Did their kind of pre game show as they Travel the Big Ten, got a chance to catch a glimpse of that. Some really interesting things being said. Jerry Donato, not very high on Nebraska's defensive line, rightfully so. I think it's possibly being undervalued. But what you have is is you have one. Really, what you have is a as a one returning backup guy. Getting a chance probably to start with a lot of guys behind him with pretty much no experience. Um, the Davis Twins, there's a lot, a lot of hype with the Davis Twins, but they're unproven. Mick Stolkenberg, great body, big body, hasn't been healthy enough. With a full season, then you put in, you know, you still have Cedric King, you have, you know, you have a few other guys in there, but really, Across the board, you you have a lot of non, non-proven starters on that defensive line. And let's face it, if Nebraska's defense is going to be somewhat better this year, that defensive line is going to have to play better. going to have to play pretty good. It's going to have to find a way with four guys to generate some kind of a pass rush. If they can't do that, it's going to be a long season for the linebackers and the secondary because that means those guys have to, fill holes in the run game a little bit quicker and probably have to cover longer in the back seven because your defensive line can't get pressure. It's going to put guys out there on an island, and you better hope you got guys who can cover guys one-on-one in space because if you can't do that, it's going to be really tough to stop teams that have got speed. And when Nebraska's got teams on their schedule, they're going to have a lot of speed. Oregon's going to be one of those guys, if you haven't been watching the Olympics, Devin Allen, the track superstar, made the 110 hurdle finals, got fifth in the Olympics officially, he's fast, uh, they're expecting him to be one of the bigger contributors, at wide receiver for them this year, the other issue kind of has been, will he be ready to be that kind of player for Oregon this year, really big was more of a backup type guy last year. And it's been pretty obvious and pretty well documented out in Oregon that he's not that connected to the football part of the team. The team supports what he does, but he would tell you he's a track guy. He's a track athlete. He went to Oregon to be a track athlete. He knew he had the ability to do what he did in the Olympics, make the Olympic team do well in Rio in the 110 hurdles. He knew that. That's going to be his thing. He knows that. It seems like football is a side gig for him, and it becomes a question how long do you want to kind of keep playing the gig before you just kind of say, yeah, I'm kind of done playing football. I need to focus my career in on my track, and that's where I'm going to have a longer professional career because it's not going to be in football. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I did listen to some of their camp tour preview, uh, Sirius XM, uh, Sports Nation radio for tour touring the country like crazy. Um, Butch Davis and Andy Staples were just in Lincoln on Friday. Uh, The show aired on Saturday and will air again today and tomorrow. So if you have satellite radio, that's my pitch for you guys to get out there and listen a lot of really good interviews from Jordan Westerkamp and Tommy Armstrong and Danny Langsdorf, Mike Riley, Mark Banker. A lot lot of really good stuff out there. It's pretty simple. The consensus I've kind of heard for most of the offensive interviews, is be efficient, spread the ball around, and I mean, reduce turnovers. I think that's just until we kind of see it. I'm tired of hearing them talk about it. Really, we've been talking about turnovers for how many years now with Tommy Armstrong and this offense. Time to see if it can actually be taken care of. It's great. I can go out there and say I can go jump 10 foot high, but until I actually go do it. It means nothing, and right now there's a lot of talk out there. Tommy has to be better with the football, and he has to be better with the football in bigger games. I don't question his leadership. I don't question his ability to move that ball around against lesser opponents. He's done that pretty well. He's done that fairly consistently, but it seems like in the biggest games on the biggest stages, where you really got to rise up to the challenge and, and play better and be really good or outplay the other quarterback, he's not done that. He's gotten lucky enough to win some of those games, but he really consistently across his career has not won those games and has not really outplayed the other quarterback. I mean, look at last year when they beat Michigan State. Would you say Tommy Armstrong outplayed Connor Cook in that game? I don't think so. Connor Cook made a couple bad plays, so did Tommy. Tommy makes probably one of the greatest drives in his entire history at the very end. But you go back, and Nebraska put themselves in a position numerous times, probably not be in that situation at all either. Teddy took care of the ball a little bit better. You could go back down the line of the big games Nebraska's played, Wisconsin when they got blown out on the road. Michigan State when they got basically kind of handed to and then D.P. kind of made it an interesting game late in the year and they lost by five, you know, to a top-ranked team. Just really unsure kind of how that would look or how that would work for them down the road. And I just really think he's got to rise up to the challenge. He just has to. We have to see him get up and play better, not turn the ball over. You look at the quarterback matchups that he'll have going down the line. He's probably the better quarterback in his first seven games of the season. Fresno State, I'm not sure who they're starting just yet. He's better than that. Probably better Wyoming. I'm going to say he's a better quarterback than whatever Oregon puts out there. You're not really sure Terry Wilson's still fighting over the job, but you got You know, Death kind of in there with another guy. They're not really sure. Prukop, the transfer from Montana State, they don't really know who they're going to play right now. And if you don't really know, you're not really sure what you're going to get, kind of on that side either. Going down the line, he's better than Caleb Dorson from Northwestern, no question about that. Probably better than Westlund against Illinois. Then you're not really sure who's starting at Indiana right now. You know, if it's Xander Diem out or if it's going to be the other guy they have. And then Wisconsin, don't really know who they're going to have. You're better than David Blau at home against Purdue. So really, if you look at it, if he outplays the first seven guys on his schedule, they could be 7-0 and heading to Ohio State in the first weekend of October or November. And then it becomes probably the game that we're really going to see what kind of quarterback or Tommy Armstrong is really going to be this year. Because when you go up against J.T. Barrett playing at Ohio State with all that talent and all that speed and all that everything out there, you're really going to see what you're made of out there. And I think that's the game. That's the stepping stone game for the program. Find out kind of how much the program's gone from year one to year two. And if I'm on the coaching staff and I'm Mike Riley, that game is going to dictate where you're at right now. It's a nationally televised game. It's a night game. You're playing arguably a top-five team in the country. We'll talk about the AP Top 25 here in a second. But, man, it's it's going to be the staple for them as well. Speaking then of win totals, puts Nebraska kind of in an interesting position. Over-unders for Nebraska this year have been kind of put at eight-and-a-half games. So how it kind of works, for those who don't know, The line is set, and you can decide are they going to be over 8.5 or under 8.5. And And then you decide to put money on it and go from there if you choose to bet. Right now, I think this is a really interesting discussion topic. Other teams in the Big Ten West, Iowa at 8.5, Wisconsin's at 7, Northwestern 6.5, Minnesota at 6, Illinois at 4.5, Purdue at 4.5. So, Kind of look across the board a little bit. And we will talk about the East next week before, as we'll be getting into you know, Husker football we'll becoming two weeks away. We'll have two shows before, arguably, we'll be breaking down the first game of the college football season. Starting with Purdue, four and a half. I have to go under on that. I'm not sold on Purdue. They've got a somewhat difficult schedule, and you're asking that team that really, if Nebraska really hadn't kind of shot themselves in the foot, that team has won one conference game in the last three years. I'm not sold. That's a pretty easy one for me to go under on that. Illinois at four and a half, I'd like to say over. I think they're somewhat sneakily better than Northwestern this year. I'm not necessarily totally sold on Northwestern because of their inability to score points consistently. That has to be fixed. They have a really good running back. They're going to have a pretty decent stable of, of defensive guys. They're going to have a pretty stingy defense. But I'm not sold because they were dead last in the conference and scoring points, bailed them out so many times. I just don't think that's going to be the case this year. I'll go over on Illinois at 4.5 because I think they won five games this year. But I don't think they make it to a bowl game as, as people out there seem to think that they're going to have Minnesota sits at six. That's kind of an interesting That's an interesting team as well. I'm not necessarily sold that Mitch Leitner is that top five, top two draft eligible quarterback out there. You know, when he comes out there, there's a lot of hype on him, but they have some holes lost. One of their best running backs broke his uh, foot. He's going to have to have surgery. He'll be out for a betterment part of the first half of the season. And if he comes back, who knows what kind of player he'll be. We've seen kind of what that happened with those kind of injuries. Um, DeMorne Personnel is fully healthy now, but he really struggled with that last year. I think six is even. It's hard to go. I'm going to go push on that. I can't see it being less than that. But I really can't see them being over than that right now. Wisconsin at seven is, to me, that that one reeks under. I don't see with their quarterback issues that they have right now, and they have quarterback issues like a lot of. They're really the only team in the Big Ten West that really has a quarterback problem. I'm not sold that Corey Clement's the answer that they're going to because he's healthy this year. They're going to run the ball so much better. Teams are going to make them throw the ball. They're going to understand that they don't have that great of experience. Got one really good wide receiver back this year, but they really don't have that much experience at quarterback. And they're going to make them be kind of Joel Sabe esque, throw the ball. Show you can throw the ball to beat us, or that's not going to happen. I also think the defense is not as good as it was last year. And that defense saved them. They were number one in the Big Ten in scoring defense and top five in the country in scoring defense, they had a pretty good defensive year last year. Without Dave Aranda, he's gone, he's at LSU now. I don't know if that's necessarily the case that if they're really going to be that much better defensively or even as good as they were last year. And that schedule was so tough. The five-game stretch, you know, obviously they play LSU to start the season. We'll talk about some of the opening matchups next week for the league and games that the league probably has to win to get the league's image off to a good start. That's probably one of those games that Wisconsin's got to find a way to beat Leonard Fournette LSU, probably to save the conference's image because there's not going to be a lot of sexy non-conference matches out there that's really going to help the league look pretty good starting the season. But, man, they play a stretch. So they play Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern. In five straight weeks, and they still have to play Iowa later in the year. They'll still have to play the rest of the teams in the league. That five-game stretch where where this is a year Nebraska probably has to go up to Wisconsin and win. They have to probably win that game this year. They're probably going to lose in Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Nebraska. There's four losses right there. Probably lose to Iowa makes five. And who knows what team shows up against, like, a Northwestern in Illinois or Purdue. If they don't play well in those games, they could easily get beat. Oh, wait, and they play LSU the first game of the season. I think they're at 6-16 six this year, and I'll go under on Wisconsin at 7. Nebraska at eight and a half. I've got to go over on this. I've got to go over simply in the fact that I think Nebraska and Mike Riley understand they have to win nine games this year. I, I don't care how you do it. I don't care where it comes from, but you have got to find a way to win nine games. And you got to do it this year. You win all your home games. That's seven right there. And you can find a way to beat Northwestern, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Indiana. You can find a way to beat two of those teams on the road and be nine and three somewhere on that. I really think they're better than Wisconsin this year. If, If Tommy plays better, protects the football, they're definitely better than Northwestern. They're definitely better than Indiana on the road. I'll give them that. I'll give them the edge at home. I'm going to go over at Nebraska, and I'm going to go over with Iowa at eight and a half too. I really think Iowa is a, a very dangerous team. That that is a that's a game. It could be two ten-win teams playing for a chance to go to the Big Ten Big Ten Championship game in late November. Iowa has a lot of good pieces back. They've got some issues at on defense, especially within the defensive line that I'm not necessarily sold on. But they got C.J. Beathard. They got one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten, whether you want to admit that or not. And I really think if he's healthy, they're going to put away for him to get a little ability to run. Spread it out. I'm not sold on their running back depth just yet, but I think they've got enough pieces that they're going to be favored in quite a bit of games. Now they play Michigan this year. They play a little bit more of a tougher schedule than they have in years past. They're going to play North Dakota State, which I think will be a really tough game. They're going to play Iowa State as they always do. But I think for Iowa, 8.5, I think there, there's no way they don't win at least nine games this year. But they're also that team with expectations that if they don't bring it or come to play, that's a team that can get beat really quickly and really find itself in trouble Channeling expectations. You look at two years ago where they had the schedule of all schedules, all their big games at home, didn't have to play Hardly any of the top teams within the league, and they're like, "How does Iowa not win ten games?" They went four. They went. Four, they went four and eight that year. Not a great. Not a great year for them. Uh, really tough. But Nebraska was able to kind of nip them a little bit too and get, you know, a get teams just got a couple ugly wins against them. But then they came around last year and they won the ugly games. And so this year, the question is, is can they win those ugly games again? Or does that ball kind of bounce back to the other side this year? be really interesting, but I'm going to go over. So as a recap, over in Iowa at 8.5, over in Nebraska at 8.5. I'll go under in Wisconsin at 7. Northwestern at 6.5, I'll go over. We didn't really talk about them. They're good. They're a good team. I think seven wins is probably their plateau this year. They're going to play some harder teams. They're, they're going to have to play Ohio State. They're going to have to play, um, you know, Michigan again this year. I think playing some of the harder teams on the other side, they had kind of a schedule last year, not still on their offense right now. is uh, going to have to be able to throw the ball. They're going to have to be able to score points in the air. I don't think they can do that this year. Um, I'll go over on Minnesota at, at six, over at, at Illinois at four and a half, under at Purdue at four and a half as well. Just to, for kicks and giggles for next week, We'll talk about the Big Ten East, over-unders, Michigan's at 10, Ohio State at 9.5, Michigan State at 7.5, Penn State at 6.5, Indiana at 4.5, Maryland at 4.5, and Rutgers at 4.5. So some really interesting conversations we'll have about those teams then next week. As we kind of get close here to kind of the end of the show, we'll talk about the top 25. AP and the coaches poll, top 25, is officially out. Those came out uh, this week. Very interesting in terms of who's kind of out there. We talked a little bit about the coaches poll a couple weeks ago when it kind of first came out. But the AP poll came out, not a lot of surprises, I think, in the top five. Alabama was one. Clemson was two. Oklahoma was three. Florida State was four. LSU was five. Ohio State comes in at six, Michigan is at seven, Stanford's at eight, Tennessee is at nine, and Notre Dame rounds out the top ten. Other notable Big Ten teams, uh, Michigan State was 12, Iowa comes in at 17, and Oregon, that pesky team, Nebraska plays week three, came in at 24. Miami is the cutoff at twenty-six. 25 was Florida and Nebraska, only got 11 votes in the AP poll. Got a lot of work to do if they're going to get in. Um, some interesting teams in the AP top 25, Baylor's ranked three, even with all their turmoil that they have. Oklahoma State was 21, USC was 20. Um, Ole Miss was 11, which was, I thought was pretty high, and Washington is 14, which I also thought that's pretty high. Um, for them as well. They're 18 in the coaches' poll, so the AP is a lot higher on Washington. Teams looking through this in the Big Ten, we've kind of talked about this, I'm not sold on Michigan. I think Michigan is overrated right now at 7. I put Michigan at 13 in my poll. I don't think... Are they a top 15 team with that defense? Absolutely. They probably are. But my issue comes to quarterback. I know they've got what they think they've got some talent, you know, in Spiker and O'Corn. They're not really sure which guy is going to be just yet. And we probably won't know until week one anyway, because that's what Jim Harbaugh loves to do. Anyway, but still, Jake Rudolph kind of bailed you out, but he didn't play very well that first game of the season when they went to Utah. Turned over the ball way too, too much. O'Corn can throw the ball, but he also sometimes can be pretty turnover prone. So, If he is, I don't really care what anybody thinks Michigan is going to do this year in year two of Jim Harbaugh. They're not going to win ten games or more if their quarterback turns the ball over quite a bit. I think the fact that they're completely unproven puts them in that boat that they are overrated at seven, at six with Ohio State getting a lot of love from J.T. Barrett. Which, when you have a proven, established quarterback like that, I'll totally give that to them. I really think that that's totally fine on a whole lot of levels. I also think that I'm not necessarily totally sold on Old Miss at 11 and Notre Dame now at 10. I think Notre Dame just found out five guys likely got arrested for marijuana and gun possession on Friday, late Friday night. There's going to be some major punishment handed down. One of those guys is a starting safety and they got a lot of they got some interesting defensive questions to go along with an offense that should be pretty good. But I don't know if Notre Dame's a top ten team and I'm not sure on miss yet either. Check out, said they're gonna be a pretty good quarterback, but they got a lot of question marks on defense, no Kenditchy, no you know, no LaCron wide receiver. They you know, no tons on the offensive line. They lost some really, really big uh big big time, big time key people. So I really think that there's just gonna be They're going to struggle a little bit, I think, within the SEC schedule. Underrated teams in the AP Top 25, i got to go Oklahoma State. I'm really high in Oklahoma State. I think they're going to be a very dangerous team in the Big 12. And I think them coming in at 21, totally under-respected. Louisville at 19, I think, is way under-respected as well. They're going to be a pretty dangerous team in the ACC. No one's talking about it. Everyone's talking about Clemson. Everyone's talking about Florida State. No one's really talking about them. And – I'll kind of, I'll kind of give North Carolina a little bit of love. I think Trubisky is a really good quarterback, and they've got a lot of really good wide receivers. But they got a really tough, interesting test uh, Week One, and we'll see if they can kind of navigate their way through that. So that's kind of my my thought on some of those over/under within the Big Ten. I'm not sold. Iowa's a top fifteen team. I think they're a top twenty team, but not in the top fifteen. So I'm not necessarily terribly high on on Iowa, and I think Michigan State. It's hard to see why they're top 20 or even top 15. You got a lot of question marks on offense. I think they'll be good, but man, that team is really going to have to lead the way for them as well. Live show will come back on again next Sunday. On the back of the high noon on the Sunday thing for sure. We'll go over unders on, on the West division. These are previewing some of the interesting matchups within the league. week one. We've got a couple weeks to break that down. And we'll get into predictions. Who do I think will win the Big Ten West? Who do I we'll win the Big Ten East next this season? Some interesting uh, topics to dive into. We'll talk more Husker stuff, and we'll preview Husker volleyball. Their annual red-white scrimmage last night looked really good. Husker women open the season next Friday. We'll dive in a little bit on how they played in their opening weekend. Preseason ranked number one in the country. A lot of expectations for Husker women and with the last 30 seconds of the show, we will now have a moment of silence for our fallen hero, people who We will always miss you. And for that, until next week, shows is out.